1: On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2.
2: If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night extra of myself, Adi Ladeepa, and former super middleweight world champion George Groves. Today we're going to get stuck into a big night of domestic boxing live on TalkSport. This Saturday night as Joshua Boazzi and Dan Aziz finally square off. We're going to hear from both men and assess where a victory would leave either fighter in general shape up for gold in the light heavyweight division later on in the year. We'll also talk about a fight for Conor Ben this weekend. The welterweight is still awaiting clearance to fight in the UK but is allowed to compete in the US. He takes on undefeated welterweight Peter Dobson in Las Vegas. Plus we're going to hear from Tyson Fury and... Alexander Usyk after the pair sat down together ahead of their undisputed title fight coming up in what, a couple of weeks time. All right, look, loads to get through in the next hour or so. This is Fighting that Extra on Talk Sport 2. Being in a bubble, I understand, you know what I mean? And, you know, not paying attention to bookies, odds and whatnot. Like, just you really believe that? Just the business of the, the sport, you're not the favourite. Back. Do I have, you really, listen, I have no idea. Someone come up to me the other day and said, Aziz has been more active than you, Josh. It's not looking good for you. I think he's no, going to win. We know boxing, though. Come on, lad. Like. We know boxing, like. I'd have to go with Watt. I think his talent will
1: tell over in the end. But I'm not 100% confident. It wouldn't surprise me if Dan Aziz comes on strong and wears him down. But we'll have to see. It's a great fight.
3: Listen, I'm here. It's the card I've been dealt. It's giving me resilience and strength. I'm through it now. And now it's just about reclaiming
1: what was mine. I'm only wearing an earring, I can never beat Tyson Fury, ever. you understand that? Oh, yeah. Not yeah. a chance. No one who wears earrings can beat me. You listen, in Ukraine, it means he's a good fighting man for him. But it, where I'm from, it means he's a f***ing earring him. That's just the way I cut it. All
2: right, let's welcome in George Groves. George, uh, look, first of all, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it, brother. Nah,
3: no, thanks for having us on. Uh, good to talk to you. Good to talk about boxing. So, yeah, it's a big week. I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Indeed. Before we start, congratulations on the podcast. Um, obviously, he has been doing good stuff. Um, the Kano one was crazy. I was watching. I was thinking, that's not Kano. That's Sully. Like, that's it now. <laughs> he's forever called Sully for me.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. K- uh, Kano kindly um, came on the show and give us. A- he's a big boxing fan, so that was that was yeah. the you know the, the great part of it. He listens to the show. He loves his boxing. And then just giving us a little insight, obviously, into his his world, which is now he's not sure mm. if he's rapping or if he's acting or I'm trying to convince him to fight maybe. Who knows?
2: <laughs> Get him on that Misfits YouTube stuff. Um, with yourself, George, before we move on to the subjects, obviously, look, when most boxers retire, they either do one or two things. Some vanish, right? You never see them again. Um, some, you know, do behind-the-scenes stuff, management, promotional, trainer stuff. You've decided to go down the the podcast TV route. Why this one?
3: Well, this, I mean, the fact that I get to go to the shows, dip my toe in, get my boxing, uh, you know, boxing buzz without mm. having to uh, take punches, uh, whether that be in the face or on the pads, is uh, is yeah. a great thing. It's a great thing. You know, I, you always want to, I think every ex-fighter always gravitates towards the gym. They want to then pass on what they feel is is their knowledge to the next generation, the next group of fighters. And it is fun to do that, but you know, if you have a chance, there ain't a lot of spaces, is there, to to sort of sit yeah. ringside, uh, get the best seat in the house sometimes, and call it as you see it. So I think that's a that's a that's, that's a, a pleasure for me, and you know, that's a, that's a joy and something that I can't you know overlook. And hopefully, it may it may continue. So I'm enjoying talking for a living now rather than um, anything else.
2: Yeah, no, I think we're lucky to have you talking as well. One of the most knowledgeable guys in the sport. Uh, I'm in Phoenix at the moment. I was here on the weekend for John Ryder's attempt at beating another Mexican and Jaime Munguia. Didn't go his way. He got stopped. I think it was in the ninth round. Uh, what did you make of John's performance before we talk about what Munguia can do?
3: Yeah, John, uh, John John, did really well. Um, but like, what, what, it, what it was before the fight is someone's picked John Ryder... Because he gave a good account of himself against Canelo, and they want to try and do one better than Canelo Alvarez did. And Jaime Munguia did that. You know, he 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 did that. Uh, Jaime Munguia, you know, he was he's forty three and zero now. So thought forty two and zero, thirty three knockouts at the time. I think it was. You know, yeah. There was a couple of question marks over him, like why has he not you know, pulled the trigger and got to the very top? Obviously a former world champion, but people. are imagine him to be a superstar and he ain't quite there yet, but this very well may be his breakout fight, you know, um, Mm. put together a really good performance, but to talk about John, I think John did really well, you know, coming, it's always hard coming back after a loss. And, you know, that was, that was quite a while ago now, obviously it was last year, but it was, he gave a great account of himself, John, but it was a hard fight. He did, you know, he he had to get up off the floor to see out the final bell, you know, he really bad nose damage and he stocked Riz r- Rose for that fight, but also it would have left some miles on the clock. And I think we saw that a little bit in this Mangia fight. You know, Ryder, mm. a really strong, competent fighter now, very experienced, um, sits on his shots really well. He takes shots well, but he was taking far too many punches. Always that element of danger with him because he's got that really out of southpaw stance, that really lovely sort of check right hook that comes out, especially when he's buzzed. And, the backup, upper cut, you know, off the left, left hand comes up well. So you're always on the edge of your seat with him a bit, but it, it did feel like it was a, a step too far for him. And, and McGee was just too busy and too accurate, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. Too fresh, too young. And it's weird, obviously, McGee is coming up in weight, but he almost looked like the naturally bigger guy as well, like someone that can fill out a bit with, with his frame. Um, you, you knew when it was time to say, okay, enough's enough, right? You did that after the Callum Smith fight. And no doubt you have had offers to continue after that. Is enough enough now for John? He's had two really big fights. Hopefully, he's made some good money in that, right? And the Canelo and the Munguia one. 35, I think he is now. Is that it for John? Do you think he will call it a day?
3: Well, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. But, yeah. you know, if John's ambition is to become a world champion one day, I think he would he would know that that's, that's going to be a tough ask. You know, that I don't think yeah. that's, he's capable of that. But, you know, fighters are prize fighters at the end of the day. And he's fought, you know, his entire life to get to a stage where he can be involved in big fights and maybe earn some good money. He would have certainly earned some good money against Canelo. I'm sure it would have been a lot less in the Munguia fight. And now that he's sort of been stopped, if he comes again, the money might be even less. And he's just got to factor that in now, you know, risk reward. He's taking a lot of shots. I know he's got a young family. I know... He cares about his family. He loves boxing, and no doubt he'll still stay in boxing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me now if he sort of said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a day." He's been a long servant for the for the Matrim stable. I think he's their longest reigning fighter um, yeah, been with, with Tony Sims. All them, all them years. Um, you know, had the <laughs> unlucky not to get the to get the nod against Callum Smith in his world title challenge. Lots of people thought he might have got it that night. He didn't. And he just hasn't had a chance to sort of get back at that. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he calls it a day. But it's horrible. It's horrible to, tell, to, to try and retire fighters. Yeah. But I think John, John's a knowledgeable chap and he's honest. So he will tell it yeah. as it is.
2: And as you say, you're just reading that some of his fights there, I mean, look, he's had a good career regardless, right? I mean, yes, he didn't win the world title. Not everyone can, right? But you look at who he's fought. Again, going to Canelo and fighting Canelo in his backyard in front of 60,000. I mean, it's fantastic and and causing Canelo a few problems as well. So if that is it for John, um, hopefully he gets his sort of plaudits from everyone in the boxing community. A big fight coming up this weekend, Joshua Boazzi versus Dan Aziz. Should have happened earlier last year. Um, Aziz got injured. They're doing it now. Love this one. I mean, domestic dust-ups, you've been in them. Everyone seems to get behind them. And obviously, Boazzi is a slight favourite, but Aziz has come up in the last couple of years. It's been incredible to see.
3: Yeah, no, he really has, um, and great momentum as he's, and I think that's sort of something to, to not be overlooked at at this point because, you know, on paper, Buatzi's got the amateur pedigree, Olymp- Olympian, Olympic medalist, um, and touted for the very top. You know, I I remember him coming in and me sparring with him, and I'm right at the top of my game, like world champion, professional, and he's fresh amateur, and. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't budge him. I couldn't move him. He was a nightmare <laughs> for me. I was thinking this guy's going to get to the very top, um, but I think you know a couple of injuries along the way, and you know he's moved, he's moved camp. You know this stuff can can slow you down. Obviously, they had COVID as well, which you know sort of brought a lot of the boxing to a halt. So I think that's kind of leveled leveled the score with this. You know, as he's he's flying high, he's performing well, um, European champion, um, and Buatzi there might be a, a tint of him as thinking, I don't want to be back down this level. I want to be challenging yeah. Petroviev or Bivol or or those of the likes. You know, if Aziz wasn't British, I'm sure he wouldn't have that. But the fact that this is now an all British affair and the British light heavyweight scene is thriving. It's a really good division here in the UK. He's now all of a sudden, he feels like he's back in uh, domestic dust-ups. That that might not suit him, but it's going to be a, a a really, really, really tasty fight this weekend.
2: Yeah, Boatsy is a strange one, isn't it? I mean, I've look. I mean, I've mean, said that I think Boatsy would have been above this level. And there's no disrespect to Dan Aziz. I think, like you just mentioned, having sparred him as an amateur, how good he was. I think everyone kind of predicted he would have at least fought for a world title by now. Whether or not wins one, because the two champions are so good in Bivol and Maturbia, but at least fought them. Are you surprised that hasn't happened with Boatsy?
3: Yeah, I am. I am. I mean not surprising that this happens in boxing a lot there's a lot of sort of obstacles that get in the way and who knows what the that have been but i would have certainly thought i remember talking to him and i said look push on push 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 you're turning pro push you want to push hard and uh you want to be winning a domestic title within two years and you want to win a world title within four years and when you say it like that it's like oh that sounds really quick but in this day and age, it's not. And the best fighters do—they move, they move quick. Obviously, once you're at that level, of fighting for world title, sometimes you have gotta wait. You have gotta bide your time if the two two guys in front of you are fighting each other, and it might delay it by a year or so. But you should be in the mix there to be fighting these guys. Um, I'm not sure if that is But actually, right now. If he, if he, if he, if they offered him the Bivol fight tomorrow or the Baturvia fight tomorrow, whether he would he'd leapfrog at it. Maybe he would. Maybe yeah. at this point in his career, he knows. It's now or never. Or he needs to get a bit of a move on, but he's gonna to want to do a you know uh, a job on Aziz and 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 win and win really well. Um, but that's that's a tough ask because Aziz is, is a very a fight. good fighter. Yeah,
2: yeah, almost throwback fighter. Aziz, he. even the small shorts, everything about him is a bit of a kind of eighties throwback fighter. Uh, ben, I'm going to this fight in Vegas. Conor Ben takes on Peter Dobson um, this weekend. Vegas, Cosmopolitan. Um, a, a low-key fight, especially when you think of the names that Conor Ben always throws out there. This isn't it, right? Um, but he just needs to fight. He needs to stay busy. Um, what do you make of where Conor Ben is? I always quite find it, like you, you did it the traditional route, so it was kind of easy to know where you were, right? When you did British, okay, he's British level, then European, European, world, world. With Conor Ben, with these international titles and now not really having fought because of the Chris Eubank situation, I have no idea what level Conor Ben's at.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean, because you're like, you want to see him handle the sort of the domestic scene, you know, whoever yeah. that may be. Uh, And then, okay, right, you're you your levels above these guys, you 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 crack on, you move up. But, mm. you know, and who is who is that at the moment? Is that a Florian Mark? Who is it? Uh, I'm, not, I'm rattling names off. But once you get to the top end, and obviously, you've got Crawford, you've got Spence, you've got Ennis, you've got you've got these these guys that are genuine world-class, like almost on the pound for pound, where obviously Crawford is, yeah. but some of these guys are top 10 pound for pound. It's hard to know where, where Connor Ben fits in. It's obviously because he hasn't boxed. We haven't seen him in action. Mm. You know, um, is it the Chris Algieri In That's got to be years ago now. Um, yeah. You know, a, one, a one-round sort of demolition job. And sometimes that can paint a force picture of of where a fight is actually at because it was just over so quick so yeah I mean I don't know an awful lot about um Dobson
0: Peter Dobson. This,
3: yeah Peter Dobson this weekend he's 16 and 0 I mean he's 33 years of age he's got you know just going through his record he's got he's got wins against against winners but I haven't seen a lot of him so I'm not sure what sort of fight this is and you know, what what's in it for Connor Ben? Because if it if he beats this guy and beats him well, we're gonna say we've never heard of him, you know. If if he yeah. struggles a bit because actually Dobson's not a bad fighter, it's like, well, that's the that's yeah. not, it's not great. So but he's probably in a really tough situation where he obviously got no licence with the British boxing border control. They won't there's no end in sight there. No one's preparing to give. There's no information for the for the boxing sort of fan. Um so he's he's left to fight out in the States. But he hasn't really been that busy either. I think he's had that fight, but that was the fight last year in the States. It was like five months ago. I thought he might try and wrap mm-hmm. a few more together and get a bit of momentum, but who knows? Who knows what's going on with who Conor knows? Ben right now?
2: Yeah, who does know what's going on with Conor Ben? But look, he needs to get W this weekend and then move on. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to discuss Conor Ben's fight in Las Vegas this weekend. We'll go a bit more deep into that. And we're going to hear from Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk after they sat down together recently. But up next, we are talking Saturday night's action member. It is live on Talk Sport as Joshua Boatze and Dan Aziz finally meet in the ring.
3: Joshua Bluatzi, Dan Aziz will put friendship aside. This is a true South London battle.
2: We spar for free all the time, knowing that we're going to get paid for it, and as a result of it, the winner's going to get a crack at gold. There's no secret tactics. No, I just bring heat, simple as that. Lovely right
3: hand, and it followed up. Pressure fighter Aziz and he really doesn't waste much. That's the impressive thing about him. Everything he throws hits something.
2: It's a special fight between two of the most talented fighters that we have in this country.
3: All British light heavyweight battle, which ranks amongst the best fights to make in all of boxing. Big right
2: hand from Super Dan Aziz. In going to be comfortable going blow to blow because we've done it for over 10 years. It's a fight where the fans are going to be with us as well. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Lodipo, alongside former super middleweight champion of the world, George Groves. This Saturday, uh, TalkSport brings you live commentary of a big South London derby. As Croydon's Joshua Boazzi takes on Lewisham's Dan Aziz in a light heavyweight contest at the Ovo Arena uh, in Wembley. The action begins over on TalkSport 2 from 7 o'clock before it switches over to TalkSport at 9 o'clock uh, for the main event. Um, two friends. that are, look, Everyone knows they're friends. Um, they sparred each other. Um, they know each other well. Does this, does that make it harder when you get in the ring? Is it easier because you know it's style? Is it difficult because you guys are kind of friends outside the ring? Do you need that? Like you had it with the girl and, and Carl Froch where you're able to get under their skin and kind of just almost annoy the hell out of them. Do you need that or is it okay just to go in there with someone that you respect?
3: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, Eddie, because obviously when I thought a Brit, like, uh... Frat or or De Gale, like we we didn't get on, and we were there to uh, <laughs> get under each other's skin, and really, and it was genuine. It was genuine. It wasn't yeah. fabricated. It wasn't false. Um, and I'm and I'm trying to really, I think this is one of the most fascinating parts of this this Buatzi, uh Aziz setup is like how the the journey of friendship has sort of evolved in, in ways, mm-hmm. and it's almost now it's like no no no, you know, it's not just oh yeah we get on, but this is a bit of business. It feels like. No, actually, there's a bit of needle there now. And that always happens because people keep asking the same question. You've got to keep answering it over and over again. And, you know, there'll be people there who are picking Buatzi as the favourite and that'll get Aziz back up. Um, And there'll be people who are wondering why Buatzi sort of hasn't got further than he has and that'll get his back up. So, you know, I think they've got plans this week to do a, a gloves are off type confrontation and it's yeah, gonna yeah. be on fight week and I think that's the first of its its kind. Usually this stuff is banked and, and put away. You know, imagine you're doing this the night before the weigh in. So if either one of these chaps are a little bit tight and they've still got a training session through <laughs> that evening, they're gonna be trying to wind this up real quick. At least I would be knowing me. So um yeah. I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to it because they you say know, Aziz a bit of a, a throwback fighter. You know, you call him Super yeah. Dan Aziz because he comes in with this, this lead uppercut that reminded him of Super Mario. I thought that was a, mm. a is that not a great, <laughs> a great name? So, yeah. you know, and yeah, short, like shorter squat, you know, not quite a peekaboo sort of style, but quite hard to nail and look super strong. I think he's got power, but actually looks like a really good athlete. You know, he takes you, looks like Sank out of the, the cronk gym from the 80s, you know, built like a wedge. Mm. Um, 100% strong punch is very correct and you know working with um virgil out in the states uh which i think he still is that that's that's exciting he's going to be you know just around that old school boxing knowledge day in day out you've got to adapt it to yourself and what you can do but you're thinking that's the first time you know he's work with someone of that that sort of pedigree I, I believe as a as a as a coach as a professional coach at least yeah, so got like
2: a high level one agreed
3: yeah someone who someone who's yeah. you know produced the goods time and time again with fighters so you know I think um I'm really I'm really looking forward to this one I, and I don't know who's gonna hold their head if, if they both do or they don't and how the fight manifests itself like after two rounds who's gonna sit down is then either one gonna give a nod or a wink to the other one and say yeah I'm in a good position I'm comfortable um mm. sort of the, the it, it just
2: has war written all over it, doesn't it? It's like two guys that are going to come into the center of the ring and they're going to go for it and they're going to go for it big. You mentioned uh Bwatsi with Virgil there uh Dan Aziz is buddy McGurk trained mm. There's a lot of our top stars now, or even just fringe stars, with american trainers is that just Is that just something random? Is there something more into that about some of the big British names having these American trainers now
3: uh well, I think I think you know professional boxing at, at that sort of level has has been around in the states a lot longer than it has here in the UK. Like if we if we're being mm. honest, you know, um, it's sort of with the the pay per view market here in the UK. There's been big money here, and almost Brits can now bring American trainers over. There's there's money for that, but the old school boxing knowledge that you get, we have got it here in the UK, but they they've got it in abundance in the states. You know, and, yeah. and there's there is a think and feel of that. And it may it might be the likes of big characters like Anthony Joshua going over to the States um, that just gives British fighters the sort of the courage to actually go, oh, I might have a venture out there, you know. Because yeah. Macklin, I think Macklin was out in the in the wildcard gym with Freddie Roach, you know, well over a decade ago, maybe closer to two decades yeah. ago. So it's always kind of happened. But now, yeah, I think it's a really good observation that it seems more and more the talented Brits are deciding see what we can get from the states um and the more the more we got over here then sort of maybe the more the the more lucrative it is for these american coaches to say okay i'll come over buddy and i'll and i'll do a bit with dan aziz and i'll do a bit with callum smith or i'll do a bit with this guy or that guy but um it's obviously still a lot of lot of good boxing coaches here in the uk from the uk um 100 but that's a yeah great observation 100%.
2: 100%. Uh, let's hear from Joshua Boatze. We spoke about the fact that these guys are friends. This is what Boatse had to say about his friendship with Dan Aziz. Key word is, like you said, everything's on the line. So with that being said, I think it's it's not as hard as it seems. Um, if you and Simon, as good friends as you are, we're going to fight each other, you'd put everything behind. If it's at a place where there's an audience, there's smaller gloves, there's lights, there's something at stake. So I don't think it's that hard Um mm. Dan wants to win and I want to win, so I I don't think it's that hard. I guess it's a big one for Boazzi more than Aziz. I know Aziz is slightly older, but for Boazzi, when you look at all the fighters around him in the 175-pound division, I've had those world title shots before him. Anthony Yard, uh, Callum Johnson, Callum Smith, uh, Craig Richards fought Dimitri Bivol as well, a few years back. He's almost playing catch-up with his rivals now.
3: Yeah, no, I think think you're right, and I think he is. um, Because... yeah you 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 would pick him in front of all those guys as prospects when they're all turning over. I mean Craig Richards sort of n- had no real backing. You know, I remember speaking to him and saying oh. and, you know everyone was excited about the Olympians and I wasn't one, so I had to fight my way through and then when the fights show up, I'll take him. I'll take him but late notice. He took the and Peters fight at late notice, won it, and then he took the 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 Bivol fight and he did win, but he gave a really good account of himself. And sometimes fights, I mean, it is important to be clever and, and take fights at the right time. But also, you can't let the parade go by. And I think Buatsi at this point is probably thinking, ah, all these all these dudes, I, I haven't had my shot yet, and I need to mm. maybe get a move on because he's got this Aziz fight, which he you know he beats he beats Aziz. If he beats Aziz, then he'll progress forward. But if this fight wasn't made with Aziz. Then that could be another fighter who could leapfrog him and maybe get an opportunity to fight for one of them world titles before he does. It's that's the the brutal part of of boxing. But had that yeah. fight with with Craig Richards. It was I had it really close. I thought it could have gone. I think I even scored it as a draw. But you wouldn't argue with Buatsi picking up the win. I think that was an acid test for him. And and Richards, I don't think he's as close with Richards as he has been with Buatsi in the past. But it probably gave him a bit of a taster of what it's like to. To fight someone who you have got no yes. no real spite against, you know, you ain't got no venom, no mm. no disdain. You just got to get on with it. And and his name is just business, I think, if he still kept it. Mm. So maybe that's how how he's approaching it.
2: <laughs> no, that, that's how that's how he does, right? That's how he does. Uh, for Dad Aziz, I mean, you, you mentioned sort of his story. His story is incredible, isn't it? When you think of area title, English title, British, European, like the old school traditional route that you don't really see anymore. And again, almost a bit like Craig Richards, no backing. Uh, no Olympic sort of story there. No big amateur background. He's done it the hard way, and he comes to the ring. I don't want to say with nothing to lose because he will say he wants to go on to fight for world titles. But all pressure is on Boatsy. Anything Aziz achieves, I think beyond this is incredible. Mm.
3: Yeah, I think I think he believes in himself though, Addy. I think I think yeah. so. Therefore, he's got, he has sort of got it all to lose, and this is probably an opportunity he feels like he's he's earned because he's he's worked hard for it. And this could be the sort of the gatekeeper fight to get him to, to, the very, to the very top. So when you start thinking like that, then then the pressure's on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, he hasn't really put a foot wrong with Sachi. And I think he's been improving as he's been progressing. Yeah. So, you know, I, and he's a nice guy. I mean, they've been both nice guys and they've got likable styles, um, likable personalities. So you both want to, you, you, you'd be sad to sit, to see a loser, but, um, yeah, as, I, agree with yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and I don't mean this in, I mean, this as a massive compliment. You tell me whether you've seen it or not, but Aziz has got like a Frank Bruno like ability. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I could, he just sort of like, you can imagine just when he, when he's maybe a bit older and the voice gets slightly deeper and, you know, the shoulders will just be rocking <laughs> when he's telling a funny joke. Cause he's, he's a great storyteller. um, it matches up with his boxing ability, definitely.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent. He's definitely got a career when he's done, just in boxing. Like he's just, he's that kind of lovable guy that a lot of people have just got behind. Because as you say, there is that kind of Frank Bruno esque character to him. So look, uh, good luck to both of them. It should be a good fight on Saturday. Ben Whittaker's on the undercard. Um, bit of marmite. Some people love him, some people hate him. I absolutely love him. I love what he does in the ring. I love his style outside the ring. I think it's eyeballs on the sport. And I think he's someone. I feel like Benjamin's almost holding him back a bit. I feel like he's someone that could be fast tracked because mm. he looks very, very good against his lower level guys.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree as well. I think, I think he does need to be fast tracked as well because he's 26 mm. years of age, you know, so he's old enough to be fighting for world titles. He just doesn't have the experience yet. Obviously, stellar amateur career. Um, picked up a silver. I was unlucky not to get uh, the gold uh, last time out of the Olympics, and then he had shoulder surgery. So. I'm you know, it's not like miles on the clock, but he's just blitzing through these guys. I watched him on the Bournemouth card uh, at the end of the year and you know, they're showboating which a lot of people, especially the Brits, the British boxing fans, they're shrugging their shoulders like hate I don't I don't get it. it, they hate it. Yeah but he does it with a real panache he does it with real style it's actually really high quality sh- uh, showboating which i
0: appreciate <laughs> right
3: so it, you know sometimes there's a low quality shadow boxing uh, uh, low uh, low quality showboating and i'm i do not agree with that but i i generally think that he'll need that sooner or later um he doesn't want to get he doesn't want to be too much longer before he's put in a situation where it's going to be tough for him um you always want to keep it a little bit real. And at the moment he is because of his age and because of his experience, he doesn't need to do eighteen months, two years of sort of knockover jobs to to, to build him into it. I think there's lots of his boxing now that is way beyond his uh his professional experience. So, you know, whether it's right to put him in with an Aziz, a Buhatsi, uh a Yard or or a Richards or something like that, but he can't be far off that. He can't be far, mm. in my opinion, by the end of the year. So in another three or four fights time, he should be, he sh- he should be fighting the winner of Bwatsi Aziz. You know, like that would be what it? level would we'll be
2: at. And you're right though. I mean, once you have that kind of amateur pedigree and he's obviously got the confidence. Again, another guy that's trained by an American coach in Sugar Hill Steward. So he's around a very, very high level coach. I'm, I'm with you. There's, there's no point him going English title route. Or, you know, or British Tyr, they might just jump him. Yeah. And I think in three or four fights time, whether it be end of the year or start of twenty twenty five, he's right in the mix. A Craig Richards fight by the end of the year would be a good one.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think I think it's good enough. I think they're both you know, uh, I think Ben Whittaker's good enough. And therefore it's yeah. gonna be hard to match because you wanna you wanna test him, you know, and you wanna push him too far too early, but at the same time, you don't want to just leave him without those tests, he needs tests to improve, to, to learn to be a, yeah. an accomplished, well-rounded professional fighter.
2: He certainly does. A good fight card this weekend. Remember, it is live on Talksport two from seven o'clock. Then it switches over to Talksport at eight o'clock. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport two. Next up, we are gonna we're gonna hear and talk about Conor Ben. He.
0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Fights this weekend for the second time since the collapse of that fight with Chris Eubank Jr. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on Talksport. Two, Adi Oladipo, uh, alongside George Groves. I actually am in Phoenix, Arizona. I was here for the weekend for the Heim and Gear John Ryder fight. I then go to Vegas in a couple of days uh, for Conor Ben's fight. He takes on Peter Dobson, a uh, backup welterweight, which I think is interesting. His last fight uh, was at super welterweight. He's now back at his natural weight class against a Peter Dobson that many of us probably won't know. Uh, undefeated fighter in America has fought on the lower level. Uh, 16 and 0, 33 years of age. So he's a, a solid opponent for Conor Ben um, George. Um, Conor Ben's story is crazy, isn't it? In the last couple of years, what's happened with the collapse of that Chris Eubank Junior fight, not getting licensed to fight over here in the UK, where he does need to fight, he's fighting in America. Obviously, this one's at the Cosmopolitan. I don't know. I don't know how many fans are going to be there to watch it. But they do need to sort out this license situation. They need to sort it out because look, I'm happy Conor Ben's fighting, which I think is the most important but he does need to fight in the UK.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he does, he does, he does. If he wants to um, continue building this sort of his Ben brand, and and it was phenomenal before, you know, before the the drug tests came out as such. And, but this, I mean, maybe it's not just Conor Ben and there's been other fighters that are capable of it or culpable of it as well, but you are like, I don't know what the answers are. I don't know. I don't know where we're at. And then sooner or later, people are going to be like, "What's going on?" And this has kind of not gone under the radar. We're covering it here today. This Conor Ben fight, but there's not been a big excitement. I don't think. And
0: Ooh. is that
3: because there shouldn't be? Because they they're trying to just keep him busy until they can resolve what's going on in the UK. So they want this to fly under the radar, or is it not? So I mean. You know he he has he has a value and he's he's shown that he's a good fighter Ben and because of that he's still being managed and promoted and he's fighting out in the states. Uh He's headlining the Cosmopolitan, which is exciting. You know I'm not sure how many tickets will be that are sold as you say, Eddie, but it's yeah. exciting headlining Vegas. I mean I know you're <laughs> yeah. you're hiding out in Arizona. You're you've had enough Vegas nights, I'm sure, but uh this is it's exciting and he's in there with Peter Dobson, who's Undefeated, um, he's sixteen and zero, and you know he's got he's got some good wins on his record. He's not a household name here in the UK, but I'm sure they've done their due diligence, and this is the right fight they believe for for, for Ben at this stage. Because and, and what is it? Is it is it a keep busy fight until they can sort out
2: like this is it, right?
3: fight or what? I don't know.
2: There's so many questions to be asked, and, and you're right about it should be bigger than it is. I mean. For every UK fighter, right, you're growing up, you want to fight in Vegas, you want a headline, right? you want to see your name on a billboard. He's kind of got that, obviously on a smaller scale, and it should, be, it should feel bigger than it is. But you are correct, no one's really talking about it. No one's talking about the fact that Conor Ben's fighting on the weekend. Maybe it's the, the opponent, maybe it's because other fights are going on. Obviously, Boatsy Aziz has taken a lot of the, the boxing limelight, but something needs to happen. Um, whether it be a bigger name, because again, we don't really know who Peter Dobson is. Or the fact he's not fighting in the UK. I feel like we've kind of hit this wall with Connor Ben and something needs to give now. Mm. Um, whether it be a case of Connor coming to the UK and sorting his stuff out with a British box and board of control, um, something needs to give. I don't know, a bigger name or fighting back in the UK. Right now we're kind of at a stalemate.
3: Well, I think it really splits people down the middle, we Well, like, cause Connor Ben essentially, I I assume could come back, um serve a backdated sort of ban because he hasn't fought in the UK that long, but then that is essentially him admitting fault, you know, but he doesn't want to do that. Uh, And the board won't relent on it either. So it depends on who, you know, no one has all the facts. So it's impossible to Mm. to take a side, Um, but maybe, yeah, (laughs) ideally, we can figure out something, something can get done. And then we can see Ben back in the UK and preferably in a, in a massive fight because it's a big name with an, you know, an interesting personality and a very exciting fighting style. So he's missed, he's missed here in the UK while he's not fighting, I I think.
2: Yeah, agreed. I think you look at the sort of stars coming through and there aren't that many, there aren't that, I have to be honest, there aren't as many stars as there was when you were fighting. It felt like there was so many household names, Unfortunately, that isn't the case anymore, and he is one, obviously, household name. Um, when the, the Ben Eubank fight was announced, feels like a couple of years ago, and that was ages ago, where were you on it, and where are you on it now? Like, is there still anything in it? Like, if they were to say Ben Eubank, he gets his license, he fights in the UK against Chris Eubank in the summer, is there any steam in that still?
3: Mm. When the fight was first announced, I thought it was a bit of a mismatch. You know, I mean, i have thinking mm. Eubank's been up at super middleweight. He's been there with big guys. He's fought for world titles, and Ben was a welterweight. I thought it's just a bit of a weird gimmick fight. And then obviously since then, Eubank being back down at middleweight got um, iced against Smith. So you're like, oh, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> um, He's sort of again. Gone and got himself an American coach.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, they've all done it. I tell yeah. you, they've all done
3: it. <laughs> got to get yourself American coach, and then obviously he came in and um, absolutely uh, flipped the script on what you know. Yeah. I thought Eubank was kind of finished. I thought, all right, his punch resistance is gone, or he can't make the weight no more. Body's failing and whatnot. But you know, I haven't heard a lot coming out of the the Eubank camp lately. It seems like he's probably ticking along, bubbling along, waiting for this Conor Ben fight. Ben's, who knows what's happening. But if it, if it, if the uh, I'm pretty certain by hook or by crook they'll get it done and it will happen. And will I be excited to see it? I would definitely be tuning in. I would definitely be tuning in. But I still I still will struggle to get past the fact that I think it is more of like it's there's no rankings. There's going to be no belts. It's going to be it's, it's just wow. a fight for the for fight's sake. And these two guys are very different in terms of. Size, you know, Conor Ben yeah. will be It, it up. means
2: nothing really. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I feel bad saying that, but you're right that there's a welterweight versus, as you say, a super middle, but now a career middle in Chris Eubank Jr. The size difference is enormous. Uh, before, I think they were able to put restrictions on Eubank, like rehydration clauses. He's not accepting that anymore. Mm. So it, it, it'll be massive on the night. And I don't know, Conor Ben hasn't fought anyone of note to even tell us he could do a job on Eubank. So it's a strange one. I'll watch it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll tune in. I'll probably be working on it. But in terms of my want for it, I want to see Conor Ben against good welterweights and steady steady rise until we see where he is as opposed to these kind of just weird fights all over the place, which I just don't think have no value. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, Even if he ices Peter Dobson on the weekend, I don't know what that means.
3: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You, Eubank... I reckon he's about 34 now. So he's at the tail end of his career. You can take these sort of fights, whereas Conor Ben hasn't had them fights yet. He hasn't fought for world titles. We haven't found his level yet. We haven't found... He hasn't got to the ceiling yet. So, you know, it it doesn't make sense for me for Conor Ben to still be chasing the Eubank fight if you're thinking about anything else apart from, you know, a, a good paycheck. But... Yeah, it's uh, talk, fighter.
2: Talking of welterweights, yes, yeah, fight right, and the prize is the money. Talking of good welterweights, this is on the very extreme of good welterweights. Terence Crawford, there was something today in the papers that he will fight Canelo in September. Canelo will fight Jamal Charlo in May, and then it will be, which is crazy, but it will be Terence Crawford versus Canelo in September. Crawford, I'm guessing, moving up. Maybe Canelo moving down a couple of pounds to 164. Would you make of that one? Obviously, that's slightly different. I mean, that's Ben Newbank <laughs> on steroids, isn't it? That's something different. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, surely Canelo's too big. Still, like too surely, big. He's been yeah. he's been this big for so long. I mean, how how can you ever go against um, Crawford? But you're like, surely not, surely not. I mean, <laughs> Ch- Char- Charlo um, last time out, you know. I got kind of sucked in. I was thinking, what has he seen that that, that none of us have? You know, he's he wants, I know he's a big, and when you stand, when you see him stand next to each other, he towers over Canelo, but even though he's two weight divisions lighter, I'm like, he probably has to dry out a lot. He's probably going to walk around, he's not going to be as heavy as Canelo on the night, but he's a big, like, maybe he's seen something, he knows something, he knows something we don't. And then the fight starts, and then within, you know, the course of a round, you're like, okay, no. Canelo sort
2: of
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. Switched him off, put him in his box, you know, the bigger guy beats the littler guy here tonight. And yeah, I mean Crawford what did Crawford Crawford's won a world title at lightweight, I think. Um
2: yeah, he has.
3: Yeah, I mean but you know, stranger things have happened, I think. Oh, who knows? Yeah, knows? It'll be, be
2: enormous. That fight happens in Vegas, I mean, pay per view night pay per view wise, that breaks a lot of records. I mean, Crawford versus Canelo will be just we're stupid. But um, anyway, look, uh, don't forget Conor Ben versus Peter Dobson live on the Zone this weekend. It's actually in Vegas uh, mid-afternoon, so I think that's early evening in the UK. So you can have that and then obviously move on to Boazie Aziz. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we are going to hear from two men who take it on in the Undisputed Heavyweight title fight uh, February 17th. We are talking about Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. All right, the big one coming up, February 17th, and it is the big one, isn't it? Undisputed heavyweight title fight. We haven't seen one of these in 20-plus years. Lennox Lewis, uh, the last undisputed heavyweight, but that was in the three belt. This is the first time in the four-belt era between Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk, former cruiserweight undisputed champion as well. Um, they had a little back and forth, hosted by the great Steve Bunce. Let's jump in and hear what Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk has to say.
1: It's our destiny now to go on and fight for the championship. Nobody else was chosen in all the 24 years. Many heavyweight champions before you, before me, before us. But they didn't have the opportunity to fight for the Undisputed Championship for one reason or the other. Of course. So, all we've got to do now is dance. And I look forward to the challenge.
3: Do you you think at some point in the future, five years, 10 years, 15 years with grandchildren, do you
1: think you'll all get together? Honestly, speaking honestly to God, I don't have any rivalry with Alexander. No hatred. No, there's no rivalry. It's just business. Just business for me. Go in there, do me thing, he's going to do his thing, and that's it. I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. He's a likable character. I've got nothing bad to say about him, but it's unfortunate for Alexander that he's got to fight Tyson Fury in my era. A man who wears an earring in his ear can never beat Tyson Fury, ever.
0: You understand that?
1: Yes. Not a chance. (laughs) No one who wears earrings can beat me. я можу пояснити, що це It's Ukrainian warrior, Cossack. Це ті люди, які боронили мою Україну багато років від ворога. Тут тільки підтвердження мого козацького роду. Вони нікому не програвали. Тут нема красити чи моди. Listen, in Ukraine it means he's a good fighting man for him, but where I'm from it means he's a earring. That's just the way I caught it. No.
2: George, I, I loved Alexander Usyk's response. He's basically taking it back to like hundreds of years, tribal warfare, that like this earring isn't just an earring for fashion. This means that I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> basically, <laughs> that's what this earring means. <laughs> like This isn't just your normal earring. And I feel like Tyson Fury is trying to get under, under Alexander Usyk's skin as he does with every other fighter he fights, and it just ain't working. Like It's just not going to work with Usyk.
3: Yeah, I, I um this was the bit that I was really intrigued in, that Usik is un you know, doesn't flap, he doesn't he doesn't rise, he doesn't behave any differently. When the war broke out in his country, he came back and it sort of that, that humorous element to him was gone. Or at least it wasn't he felt maybe he just felt it wasn't comfortable to show. But I was like, Is Fury gonna be able to get under his skin? Is Fury gonna get to him? Because no one Apart from maybe me, can do do it better than Fury <laughs> getting under your skin. So, but I'm I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, and I mean that's just one where obviously Usyk can understand a lot more English than I think he likes to let on.
2: Yes, yes.
3: But still, that makes it quite hard to engage with him when he's not necessarily coming back super sharp. But Tyson Fury picks on the earring and. Usyk, it was almost like he knew that was coming, and he squashed it straight away. Because then Fury, he's got nowhere to go with that. Isn't that he's got nowhere <laughs> to go with that? And now, that's they're the feelings you don't want to have. You know, you don't want to be finishing yeah. a verbal exchange like a verbal sparring match, and you're like, oh, he's just switched me off, negated me. I've got nothing to come back with. And that's what I felt like Fury was at at that point. And yeah. you know, some, maybe Fury's been spoiled. You know, he spent so many, so many fights you know, trying to get under Deontay Wilder's skin. And Wilder's so easy to wind up. He's so emotional, you know. And Dillian White may be the same. Um, quick, quick to bite back. But but Usyk, you know, he's just... He is a bit of a force when it comes to that. He's always had to travel. He's always fought in someone else's back garden. He's won every belt on the road. Um, and this time round, he's... You know, I haven't seen anything flapping from him. Like, yeah, I think... No. He's looking pretty solid. Um, No, he is,
2: he is. I mean, I I was lucky enough to be at a couple of the press conferences and you're right, Fury's trying his hardest, but it's so difficult because Usyk then has to go through the translator. And by the time he goes through the translator, whatever Fury said, it's almost been forgotten or he's dead in the water. (laughs) And Fury hates it. He almost wants like, and he knows, and I agree with you, I think he knows that Alexander Usyk, A, can speak a bit of English and fully understands what Fury's saying, but almost pretends he can't. And it's just, it's masterful to see because he's not just a master in the ring. He's clearly very smart and articulate outside of the ring. Um, I look, I'll sort of put my hand up already and say, I think Alexander Us is going to win um, just because I've been lucky enough to see him fight AJ up close and personal. I was lucky enough to see him fight Tony Bellew. And he's just, he is a special fighter. But like I think he's so good. And he's now a proper heavyweight. Whereas before in his early fights, I felt like he just, added size to compete. I think now he's been a heavyweight for, what, three, four years. He's now just a big guy. Obviously not as big as Fury, but he's not that small anymore. Mm. So, um, and I also think that Fury... I hate, I hate ruling out a Fury fight, but I also feel like Fury maybe is on a decline. That happens with the way you live your life, age, the punishment he took against Deontay Wilder, which I don't think we talk about as much as well. So, I think I actually think Usyk edges this one just.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think Usyk... Whether he's going to be the favorite or not, I'm not sure, but I think he does edge it. He's in better form, you know. I, I, Brits here in the UK are, are quick to critique him for that for that Daniel Dubois fight, but I thought he was very good. He was very good. Sure, he goes mm. down. Um, it's ruled a low blow, and he doesn't rush to his feet. But why would he? It's been ruled a, a low blow. Uh yeah, but he,
2: yeah. And 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 yeah, the, take your time. If you can get a minute, get a minute. Take your
3: time. Take your time. And. D- Dubois was good that night. Dubois looked like he'd made, mm. you know, he'd he rose to the occasion. But Usyk just done that thing that he does. You know, he hasn't got to beat you up and put a dent in you instantly. He builds every round upon round, and then obviously he got to a point where he stopped Dubois. I think it was with a jab, and Dubois just almost exhausted, like he's had the fight knocked out of him. And that's what Usyk does very well. He's an athlete. He's a, he's a phenomenal athlete. You know, he, he, mm. I can't do handstands, Addy. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I try. Um, but stuff like that, you know, he's, a, he, he's an athlete. He's a big guy and he can do very intricate, clever things. And I think he's beyond that point of doing the sort of the circus, sort of catching coins and, and driving for us. But the fact that he can do it is impressive. It's impressive because when you then critique him as a fighter, you know, he... His, his ability to negate distance to sort of, to make those subtle adjustments in and out of range to cut out at angles. He gets into range and he can hit you with one, two, three, four, five punches. And there might not be an awful lot of power on them, but he's just touching you, touching, you, touching you. And then the last shot comes in hard. And and there's, that is an accumulative effect. The question is, of course, is he going to do it be with Tyson Fury, who's six foot nine, close to 20 stone. Um, mm. And 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 Fury, you know, he doesn't sit in his legs. He likes to bounce on his toes a bit. He he, he will no doubt want to keep it long. And uh, personally, I think where he does well is when he if he sits on his legs and and tries to to back uh, Usyk up because he's so big. But I just think the momentum's with with Usyk. You think about Fury's last fight against Singano, It it wasn't great, was it? You know, uh, I'm sure he was underprepared. But that's not the sort of fight you want to have just before going in the hardest fight on paper that you're ever going to have for all the belts when mm. it matters the most. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm edging, I'm edging Usyk. I'm edging Usyk. You, um... I mean, I think the,
2: I think the facts sorry, George. I think the fact that you ask a hundred people, I think it's split. Mm. suggests how good a fight this is. This is generally number one versus number two. This isn't a case of someone just sneaked a belt and is lucky to get an undisputed shot. This is the the top two dogs in the division. Right. I mean, Fury's come through Wilder. Usyk's come through AJ. This is it, right? That was like re- two really good semifinals. Although a long time ago, we are finally here now. And, and I guess for Usyk, if he does, and it's a big if because Fury's so good and so big. If Usyk were to have sort of done his career with all the amateur stuff he's done as well and become undisputed at Cruiseweight and undisputed at heavyweight, I mean, we have to have an all-time discussion where he fits in because I know we like to have the all-time greats just there by themselves and no one can get in there. But to be in the land of the Giants and to have beaten two Giants in AJ and Fury and to become undisputed in the heavyweight division, that would be crazy. It'd be crazy.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, it really would be, wouldn't it? You know, um, you're always going to go back through the history books, I think, and go, would he, how would he have got on against this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy in their prime? But mm. in terms of what he's achieved, you know, uh, to unify the cruiserweight division in, in sort of lightning fashion. I mean, obviously he was fortunate enough to get in the World Boxing Super Series where they put all the belts on the line within 12 months. I mean, this it's unheard of, isn't it? And then to be in this position where we're fortunate enough, I think, to to have, you know, both these guys willing to fight each other and then we're going to have yeah. one 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 belt holder. But, you know, there's, there's there's no box that he hasn't ticked. And yeah, I think he's moved up to the heavyweight division and and coped with it really well f- full-fledged heavyweight and showed that um boxing ability you know boxing iq can kind of trump a lot of the other attributes that these guys have it would it um yeah. you know you wild wilder ferocious puncher but at times awful to watch because he can't he can't box a lick like he's, he's lost yeah um, and you know, and and Joshua, you know, massive puncher, massive puncher, good boxer, you know, but at times been sort of a little bit inexperienced. It seems out outboxed. Um, so now this is this is great, man.
2: This is a uh, final one, very quickly. Uh, another cruiserweight who eventually could jump to heavyweight is Jaripataya. He fights on that card. He takes on Maris Bradis, They fight for the belt that, for some reason, Jaripataya got stripped from, uh, they fight for the IBF Cruiserweight belt. So many rumours coming out. And look, you've had these sparring stories all your life as well, right? What was done in sparring? And for some reason, it, it leaks out into the, the public domain. Rumours are Opatai caused a few people problems in the sparring. Heard anything, George? Can, can you let us know anything or just rumours?
3: Well, I did hear one thing, Eddie, was that Fury was insisting that all his sparring partners wear an earring for sparring and... <laughs> And I said, absolutely not. I don't wear earrings. So, um, yeah, they only did five rounds or something. And he said, "Now nah, I'm on my way out. But the rest of the lads have got <laughs> earrings in. So Fury's doing okay. He's still got a few sparring partners in there. But that's all I know, Eddie. That's all I know.
2: That's all. I haven't heard anything else either. George, appreciate you coming on. Thank you very, very much. Uh, look, we'll be back uh, next week as well. Looking back on the Boatsy-Aziz fight, we'll be talking Conor Ben. And we're obviously going to ramp up all the discussion. So many interviews coming your way as we look ahead to the undisputed heavyweight title fight between Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk.
0: target.